the point. Plus, do not look at the Nick Chubb injury footage. Uh, don't look at all the angles. Don't look at any angles. If you have to watch something, rewatch the Joe Theismann injury. It is not good. And we've been bragging on Chubb yesterday, and look what happened. The Browns, I don't even know what to say. They're just born under a bad sign. There's nothing you can do. You can reach us, obviously, live on the radio, sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us, 1-833-401-1440. That's 1-833-401-1440. Twitter, at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. And I, I, if people want the podcast, Kruger, what do they do? So you can find that podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. The links also get tweeted out. The first hour generally comes out pretty quickly after uh, after after that hour's done, and the second one takes a little bit more time. Uh, but yeah, anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, the links get tweeted. So just stay vigilant on Twitter. Keep checking Apple and Spotify. And this show will never say X'd out. It's always going to be tweeted out, right? Oh, uh, forever. Yeah, yeah you forever bet. tweeted out. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Name, great new name, but great new team. Uh, find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. I bet a lot of people over there are surprised they're being replaced, but that's how the verbal goes. I, I, I can't stop it. Once I've said it, it's written in stone. Uh, our guest today, Daniel Nugent Volman from The Athletic, is back. We'll have NHL rumors and Steve Simmons, Toronto's son, uh, and a guy whose Sunday column is legendary. I'm going to ask him how long I've been reading it. I know it's a long time, so we'll talk to him about the Blue Jays and maybe a maybe a Leafs question or two thrown in there as well. Okay, it's going to be a fun show today. I'm feeling. Re- I will tell you where I am in the evolution of the show. We're two point something weeks into the program. Low down with low tide on Sports 1440, and I'm starting to get relaxed. In my world, relaxed low tide is not a good thing for really anybody because now I'm starting to be confident, a little cocky, very, very, you know, in the moment, except I'm also not in the moment because I feel like I can do things like multitask, which I cannot do. It's been established over more than 60 years, not possible. So that's where I'm going today. This is where the fun usually begins, and we end up in offices after the show, meeting with people. Uh, did you see the Nick Chubb injury live, or did you watch it on tape? And if so, why did you watch it on tape? I did see it live. I did see it on tape. Well, it's funny. You brought up the Joe Theismann injury, and I was going to joke. and so, Well, not really joke, but I was gonna, just going to comment and You're say... You're so funny with the injury. Talk. I was going to say it was reminiscent of the Joe Theismann injury. It really was. Like That was the same kind of yeah. vibe it had to it. It was terrible. It, it's the type of injury that can end careers. It, it's, no. it, it's horrible. People are saying it was a dirty play from Minka Fitzpatrick. You just feel for Nick Chubb. You feel for that Browns fan base. We sat here yesterday and talked about they've been through so much. No one deserves a championship appearance at the very least more than they do. Uh, and, and you hope he can bounce back and be okay. But that really is the type of injury that changes careers. So wishing you, him a speedy recovery. But You said people are saying nobody cares what people are saying. What do you think? Was it a dirty hit? It's such a bang-bang sport. I mean, probably a little bit, but it's it's so tough to judge in those knick-knack moments. Knick-knack moments. Yeah, that's a new phrase I just made up. I coined it. That's TM, by the <laughs> is way. It, knick-knack moment TM. Is it knick-knack from Paddywhack, or is it knick-knack as in I bought 17 elephants no. and they're ceramic and they're laying on the shelf over there? They're my knick-knacks. It's like knick-knack, Paddywhack, give the dog a bone. Okay. Type All of thing, right. yeah. So, And that's TM, so don't, you can, don't use that. Don't feel, don't feel free to use that. This is, uh, this is how we start the show. Okay. 
Uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman has an article out at The Athletic. He's back, by the way. We're going to talk about his cross-Canada trip. He was over in Charlottetown, and uh, I don't know that he visited Anne of Green Gables, but why wouldn't you? Well, we'll talk about all the things he did, and then his 10 pressing questions entering Oilers camp. And there are many, obviously 10, thanks, Slow Tide. And I have a couple of others I'm going to shoot his way as well. So that's coming up at about 1220. Oilers Young Stars, I liked four men uh, there, four players that I, I didn't watch every minute of the games, but I thought Xavier Borgo, Bo Aiki, Carter Savoy, and Matvey Petrov were above the rest. And Thomas Drans, who's a brilliant writer for The Athletic, he did a review of all the tournament games, and he said Bo Aiki was the best defenseman in the tournament. And that's high praise for a guy who was just drafted this past summer. Euler amateur scouts are good. I know that Tyler Wright has been replaced, but this is a really since 2011, but certainly since 2015 when they've been trading picks annually, the GM goes in and slaughters the, the draft and they still come up with something. Uh, I, I give it to them and they got another one in Bo Aiki, pretty sure. On his training cap roster, it's out, it's, it's basically out. We know it's 55 or so people. Uh, yesterday in my blog, I wrote out everybody that I thought I probably had one wrong name. Antonin Vero, I don't think will make it, but I also omitted Boeki, who probably will be there. So it's really close. I mean, it's within, you know, spitting distance of, of what happens. I'd love to see an old timey oiler come back and, you know, try out, uh, just, just on a PTO, like a last minute one. But I doubt that will happen. And Jeff Jackson is going to be very aggressive, I think, in in signing college and CHL free agents. But it's it's a little early in his time with the organization. That's probably a spring thing fling. A knickknack that we'll find out. Maybe, you know, like Mark. Hey, 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 hey. that's well, TM. That's well, TM. That's you know, TM. I don't see Don't get the, too eager. You know, I'd like okay. to see the paperwork on that. Um, one of the things that we're going to have to talk about in the next little while is what happens when an organization is caught flat-footed and and not necessarily provably by their own actions. And I'm going to bring up the name Noah Philp, who was, I would say, one of the two best players in Bakersfield a year ago, Raphael Lavoie and Philp, for me, were at the top of their game. And I would include Borgo, but Borgo is a little younger. Philp was a, a rookie, but he had also, he was, he was 24 years old, uh, last year. So he's an older player and Lavoie was in his third AHL season. I thought they were the cream of the crop. So if you're, if you're Ken Holland and the Oilers, you're like, okay, well, this is a right-handed center. We can probably slide him in. And then all of a sudden he retires. So. What did they do? They went out and got Jaden Groove, who played at the Young Stars. We will see him here. And I think, he, not for this year, but I think he's an important piece because the, the, this is what you like to see if you're an Oilers fan. The organization doesn't have draft picks, so they traded like a fifth rounder to get Groove, and now they're going to find out if he can play. And they're going to give him like an, the entire entry-level deal to do it. But that's smart. that's smart business for this Edmonton Oilers team. Need more of it. But well done by them, and one of uh, I think I think it was the earliest summer move they made, and it was a good one. Uh, Braden Shen, captain of the Blues, that was announced today. Yesterday we were all over the PWHL draft. Uh, Tanner Heisey, number one overall, a playmaking skill center who goes to the net with fury, 
So we'll look forward to watching her play in the next few years. This is going to be big news, and you should be interested if you're an Oilers fan for a couple of reasons. Michael Andelauer is going to be the owner of the Sens by week's end, apparently. He's hoping, anyway. He was at a golf tournament, and he said that. The reason you should be interested is because Steve Steos was rumored to be going there. And and recently, like as in the last 48 hours, Peter Shirelli's name has popped up there as well. I don't know in what role that Shirelli or Steos might appear, but that's interesting and something you should follow here in the days to come as we prepare for the National Hockey League season. Pierre Lebrun has a great story out about NHL players badly wanting the Olympics. I'm with, I'm, I'm torn on this and I, I am not pro owner in any way, but I do remember the Islanders being absolutely harpooned by the John Tavares injury, uh, when you're at the Olympics or the world, I think it was Olympics, but it might have been worlds. And you, like, you're paying like a lot of money in the millions for your guy to be able to play and drive you deep into the playoffs and maybe win Stanley. And that happens. I don't have an answer. I want to see the players at the Olympic. That's my answer. But if I'm an owner, I sort of like Gary's attitude, which is no. Maybe I'm just contrarian. Maybe I'm just a bitter old man. I don't like siding with the owners. I am not a fan of owners in general. Read the Bob Bond book about Gordie Howe. Uh, read anything to do with baseball ever. And read about the NFL Players Association, the biggest toothless cat in the history of man. Speaking of the NFL, power rankings are out. Cowboys, Dolphins, Eagles, 49ers, Ravens are the top five. What's missing? The Chiefs. Come on. I mean, the Chiefs have lost a game, but everybody knows they're the team to beat. Unless you're a Buffalo Bills fan, then you're delusional. No, I did hear that. I okay. was letting it marinate. Right. I was letting it marinate. Listen, Listen, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit over there. Uh, no, I know. I, I'm you, not going to sit over you're there wrong. like an old man. Is what you did. <laughs> I was. Bu- I was busy working. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I don't like to hear it, and I'll leave it at that. Well, uh, your quarterback is chaos. He is, but he is controlled chaos in ninety percent of scenarios, and you can live and die with that when those ninety percent of scenarios lead to big plays. Except in the playoffs. It's it's not a formula you want to win in the playoffs, but it's not it's it's not impossible. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, this this there's a lot of knots and isn'ts in there. Is all I'm saying. You better un, undo the knots and get rid of the isn'ts Listen, if you want to win anything. It was JP Lossman and 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 uh, Nathan Peterman before this and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like this is the best it's been in a long, long time in my entire lifetime. So I got to take the chaos and accept it. And move forward and be happy with it. Mm, so interesting. Yeah, I just, I just feel like you're 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 building up for another fall, and I it hurts me as your friend to watch this happen again. I really do think the ceiling for this team is a Super Bowl championship. I'm not saying this year. I'm not, but I think with Josh Allen, the window is a Super Bowl championship. I do believe that. Well, I hope so. I would like to see them win in my lifetime. Adam Wainwright, not Sam Wainwright from the Christmas movie. Adam Wainwright won his 200th game last night, and he's old. I'm glad he won it. I love him as a player. I'm not a Cardinals fan per se, but my friend Bruce McCurdy, who'll be here tomorrow, by the way. Bruce Kerlock will also be here. It'll be the the day of Bruce, the the don't bring me down Bruce day. We should play that tomorrow. Do we have ELO, don't bring me down? Oh, we can get that for okay. sure. That, that's no problem. Yeah, I, I think we'll we'll do that tomorrow. 
and both of them talking Oilers, obviously. And by then, I think we'll have the, not that there's any surprise, but you want to see in your sweaty little hands, like anything prints off anymore. My printer, I'd, I've had it with my printer. I had it going good, and then it, now I, I anyway, um, I don't like printers. I'm anti-printer. Printers can go to hell. You, we, we borderline had an entire segment on troubleshooting a printer one time, which just, I mean, speaks to your point that, you know, really not your forte. My friend Rob Saria figured it out, and then my daughter unplugged it, and now I can't remember the code that I have to put in when I go online, and it's not showing up anymore. Why do, why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, well, let me, let me tell you as a Bills fan, let me tell you. I mean, I mean, worst problems to have. That's all I'll say about that. Worst problems to have. All right. I'm going to do this to you because we have time. It's 12 12. We have a very busy show. Steve Simmons on the way, uh, in the next, uh, hour. And then Daniel Nugent Bowman is about, I will say 10 minutes away. We also have some interesting NHL rumors, including something out of Atlanta. You're not going to, you will not believe this. Truly. You, me, and Daniel Bouchard will be shocked by this. But I don't know if you follow a, a gentleman named Mike Camito, uh, interesting guy from NHL.com, and he tweeted this out two hours ago. No, he didn't. He blue-skied it out, which I'm also on, because I'm sophisticated man. I'm on lots of different things. I still can't figure out how to get on uh, threads or whatever it is. I was just going to ask. I figured that might be the one that was a well, little I, bit of I a hiccup. Well, I tried, and then I'm not on Facebook because yeah, everybody whole... is 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 mad at each other and finding out stuff they shouldn't know and then meeting girlfriends from the 70s on yep. Facebook, that is... so I can't go there. That it does. It did say that on the masthead that that was what Facebook was I, for. I, Mark... I know stuff that has happened because of Facebook. Mark I'm just Zuckerberg saying. had a vision. And he made it. He wanted everybody to be having sex with people they weren't married to. And that's Facebook. (laughs) You don't even have to swipe right on that thing. Anyway, Mike Camito said on this day in 1991, the Maple Leafs acquired Grant Fuhrer, Glenn Anderson, and Craig Berube from the Oilers in exchange for Vincent Damfus, Peter Ng, Scott Thornton, and Luke Richardson. And I know what you're expecting. You're expecting me to say, oh, here comes Low Tide. He's going to bitch and moan about a terrible trade. And and that's sort of partly through true and through. But what I'm really going to bitch about today is is not just the trade because you're giving up Fear and Anderson, two Hall of Famers. But you did get back Vincent Damfus, who I'm telling you right now, he was a really, really, really good player. Do you remember Vincent Damfus as an Edmonton Oiler? You might not, because if you if you blinked, he was gone. But he had 89 points in 80 games. In 91-92. And he was really good in the playoffs, too. And then they traded him to Montreal for Shane Corson and other guys. And it was like, Damfus was the man. Man. And they... I love Glenn Sather. I would never say anything against Glenn Sather. Glenn Sather and his wife, Anne, did so much in this community uh, to, to raise awareness for things, to help out, to raise money for great causes, and Sather did brilliant things for the Edmonton Oilers. No matter how long the Edmonton Oilers exist, the top GM is going to be Glenn Sather, and the top coach is going to be Glenn Sather. Those are true things that I've just said. Everything else I've said is a lie. That was true. However, that trade was one of several in the 90s that really, really, really did not benefit the Edmonton Oilers. 
Damfus played 400 more years in the league with the Montreal Canadiens and the San Jose Sharks? <sighs> Very sad about that. I wasn't happy. LT, I just read the Eric Francis article on sports that nothing about that lineup says Flames playoffs to me. They're doing exactly what the Oilers used to do to get criticized for pushing too many rookies into the lineup at once. Thoughts? Look, they are what they are. They've got to sign the center. You know, they're, they are really, really close to being a, a team that's also in photo and also ran uh, a, a ne'er-do-well in the Pacific Division. Look, here's the class of the division right now. Edmonton, Vegas, and I'll include L.A. a little bit. And then you've got other teams that are pushing and are going to push. And I don't know if Calgary and Vancouver are two of the teams. This division is is starting to, you know, bubble and boil at the bottom. And some of those teams are going to move up. I don't know if Calgary... Calgary should be able to be competitive this year if they get goaltending. But if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. That's all I'm saying. Daniel Nugent Bowman is a friend of mine, a fantastic writer for The Athletic, and he's on the way next. This is Low Down with Low Tide on Sports 1440. 12.22. It's the lowdown on Sports 1440. If you took a walk this morning like I did, you know that fall is here. The leaves are turning, and honestly, we're... We're not that far away from all the things we associate with fall and winter. And I hate to be the the bearer of bad news or good. I mean, some people really like it. I love the fall and winter. It's my favorite. Fall's my favorite season, followed by spring, winter, and then finally summer. But I know I'm alone. I'm a stone alone, but that's okay. Now, here's a guy who spent all summer traveling the country and having a wonderful time, and we're going to find out. This is the How I Spent My Summer Vacation article that you wrote or essay that you'd write in school, Daniel Nugent Bowman. How was your summer, and what did you do? Hold on, hold on, hold on, Al. Did you just say you like summer the least of all, all the seasons? Did I yeah. get that right? Yes, that's correct. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, for, for a hockey writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did enjoy this. I had a hippie summer this year. Where I wasn't working, I was working for the athletic, but I wasn't working on the air. And I had like I would go spend like two hours at Costco, and that was I hadn't done that before. That was very cool. I enjoyed this summer specifically, but I like fall and I like, and I know you do too because you love hockey season. I do, I do. Uh, first of all, it's great to be. Uh, it's great to hear your voice on the air. We're back, back where you belong, and it's so wonderful to be on with you. Uh, I had a, had a blast being on weekly with you and, and Dave last year, and I should tell uh, we should tell our listeners that I'll be on every Tuesday afternoon. So this is uh, the first of many many chats. But yeah, as you mentioned, now I, um, I as some people probably know, I'm from Southern Ontario. Um, my wife is from Prince Edward Island, so uh, we we spend probably a, you know roughly a third of our summer in Edmonton, a third in. Uh, well, a little bit more than a, than a third in terms of uh, if you're comparing it to PEI, but kind of splitting up the, the summer between those three places. So uh, different time zones. And, you know, we used to do it, my wife and I, um, uh, without kids, and it was much easier. We didn't have nearly as much stuff. Uh, gosh, the amount of stuff we took to the airport, I think we had about <laughs> checked five bags and uh, we're carrying about two on each shoulder. Um, plus we had our cat, so it was, it was, it was a lot of stuff, but, uh, a lot of fun for the kids and, um, especially my, uh, 
my son, who's eight months months old, got to meet his cousins and all nice, that. So, nice. uh, yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful summer. And uh, now I have to remember kind of who's on the Oilers and what's going on because uh, yesterday was my first day back at work, and uh, things are going to wrap up pretty quickly here. Yeah, it's true. You go from uh, the one thing I remember about traveling with kids is you make decisions at, at home that you regret, like you know we should take the stroller, honey, and stuff like that. And you're like, and then you get to the airport and you're like, oh my god, so. I don't know how to pack light with kids, though. The, the one benefit of the stroller is it's kind of like a compartment for a few bags, and yeah. you can take it right up to the gate, and it'll check it for free for you at the gate. So stroller is like it's kind of a must, I think. Uh, it's just, uh, it just it kind of allows you to move a little bit freer once you've gone through security. But it is, it is another thing to have. So, um, yeah, we're running out of uh, room and parents and, and now, last one, and I promise we get to sports. Did you guys, because now she's from there, so you don't have to go see the Anne of Green Gables stuff, but did you go? Not this year. Uh, we have been because I'm the tourist. And there's some really nice golf courses in that area, which my wife couldn't care less about, but uh, it's more up my alley. But, no, um, my wife's family, for those that know, the island is from the, from the um, they call it up west, the western part of the island. So uh, it's a lot less of a, of a tourist destination there. But we did check into, uh, you know, around uh, Charlottetown, where one of my sisters in law lives, and, uh, um, you know, that, that region a little bit uh, east of the island as well. So... Oh, and Green Gables is here, but I have uh, I have been to Anne Shirley's place uh, a few years ago. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna segue beautifully to the Edmonton Oilers and your article that's up today uh, at the Athletic. What will Connor McDavid do next? Ten pressing Edmonton Oilers questions entering training camp. Uh, your your number one question, your first one, I think, is the big one. Are the Oilers actually better? It's a great question, and I guess we won't find out until next spring what the answer is. Yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain thinking of any red-haired players on the Oilers. I guess uh, Connor Brown maybe kind of is. Uh, no, um, yeah, the, the thing with the Oilers to me is everyone, um, you know, they seem to be the sexy pick coming out of the Western Conference. And, and rightly so. Like, you know, look what Connor McDavid did last year. Look at how the team has kind of, I don't want to say progressed in the playoffs because they obviously lost a round earlier than they did the previous year. Um, but they lost to the eventual champs both years. They're right on the cusp. But if you look at the roster, I mean, they've lost three regulars up front in Kyler Yamamoto, Clint Costin, and, um, and Nick Bukestad, and only replaced them with Connor Brown, a very good player, but one who only played four games last year due to injury. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to see progression from, like, you know, Dylan Holloway comes first to mind. I'm a big believer in, in him as a, as a young player. Um, but there are some holes on the roster, right? Uh, there's some... Uh, Things you may be a little unsure about. I think that again, they're small, small potatoes. It's, it's uh, things that you're kind of quibbling about right now. Like if your fourth center is your biggest problem, you've got a pretty good team. So uh, you know the others, I think, are are um, you know deserving of uh, people giving them their roses in terms of uh, you know being a, a top contender in terms of being maybe the favorite out of the Eastern Conference. Um, but there are some things that uh, until we kind of uh, get going. Uh, not only in training camp, but for you know, when the games count for real, that you're, you're just a little, little unsure about it, especially up front uh, with the roster spots. And then, you know, you look at the defense and goaltending, 
goaltending so is a, such a fickle uh, position in defense where the, that was maybe the weak point of the team uh, that, you know, the entire uh, seven or, or maybe even eight guys, if you want to throw Marcus Neal in, uh, into the mix were, were brought back. So uh, not much change there. So, yeah, there's, there's some things maybe to kind of uh, question going into the year. Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from the Athletic on Lowdown with Low Tide Sports fourteen forty. the the other The other things that you mentioned in the article, and I won't spill it all because it's well worth the read, and it, it really is a scene setter. But we're, we're talking about some young players, specifically Holloway and Broberg, and th- there comes a, a tipping point where where a team just have to invest. In, in the minutes played for these young players. And I, I think between now and the deadline, we'll know. And maybe, maybe if they have to make a move, some of these young players will be offloaded, but it's, it's time, right? Like Holloway and Broberg are, there's no, I, I, I mean, I guess you could send Holloway down, but for Broberg specifically, it's time to stand and deliver. Well, I see it almost the other way around. Like I, I cannot see how Dylan Holloway wouldn't be on this team. Like there's a third line spot, you know, especially if, uh, um, you know, Derek Ryan gets moved to four center to start the year or something like that. There's basically a third line spot waiting for him. Um, you know, I know he can be sent down. He's still uh, waivers eligible. He's last year of his entry level. He could be sent down, but like it would take a lot in my mind. Um, Broberg, you know, I, I certainly agree with you. Like, it, you know, it's time for him to. This is a what his fifth season, if I have that correct, uh, post draft. Uh, it's time for him to start making some hay here, and, and he's shown really good signs uh at parts of you know parts of last year even the year before when he got his little taste in the nhl the thing with broberg though is where is the the spot for him really i mean he could give him some some minutes say next to darnell nurse if you're not loving cody cody cc but that's a lot to ask that's a top four role Brett Kulak's kind of tailored for that left side. So unless you're bumping out Vincent DeHarnay, I mean, he's got to get more minutes. And Ken Holland said that to me uh, in an article I wrote before the draft. Like, that was just one of his you know, things that kind of kept him up at night almost. Um, he said he had to find minutes for this team. But then Ken Holland didn't go and, you know, create a spot on the roster for him. And I'm not blaming him for that because you need lots of defensemen. You need lots of good defensemen if you're going to try to win. Um but it's just a little bit more unclear to me where Broberg fits in right now than it is with Dylan Holloway. So uh, I think it's a big year for both of those players. They're going to need both of those players uh, to um, have an impact on the roster uh, and to, to play you know, somewhat meaningful roles. Uh, it's just as Camp Open is about to open here, uh, where Broberg slots in and where he's going to get those minutes is a little more of a, of a question mark to me than, than it is maybe for Holloway. One thing that, that really came through this summer based on you know Jeff Jackson's hiring, Ken Holland not being extended, is that this is... Uh, this may well be Ken Holland's last year as a general manager of an NHL team, and specifically with regard to the Edmonton Oilers. I know that Thomas Drance did a, a, a sit-down uh, with Ken Holland uh, at the Young Stars. What, what's your feeling on that? Is Do you feel like they'll go through the year as is, or do you think it's already changed? Maybe Jeff Jackson's already, uh, as he's done with amateur scouting, sending the team in a, a, a specific direction that's targeted uh, based on what he'd like to see. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I have a hard time believing that this is like. I, I let me rephrase that. I, I, I think this is going to be Ken Holland's last year as general manager of this club. I think the dice is pretty much cast there when you don't even have a say 
to the best of my knowledge, and, and I'll, you know, inform people if I hear otherwise. But, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, his, uh, he had no say really in the hiring of Jeff Jackson. I mean, a few weeks earlier, they were, you know, on opposite sides of the table working out a contract for Connor Brown to play for this team, and, and all of a sudden, uh, Paul Coffey and, um, and Daryl Cates go and, and, and hire uh, somebody to essentially be his boss. Uh, you're right. Last year of the contract wasn't extended. Uh, don't have his age in front of me, but I know he's in his late 60s now. Um, you know, uh, he's done a lot in in this game and, and a lot for this club. And I've been critical of him, but uh, and I know a lot of people would like to would have liked to have seen him, um, you know, move things along faster with this team, especially when you have guys like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl really in the primes of their. Um, but, you know, he's, he's known for being a conservative GM and he hasn't really made any, you know, he hasn't been perfect by any means, but he hasn't made the, the blundering errors that uh, Peter Shirelli made running this team. So, um, you know, how much credit you want to give him, I think there's there's some credit to be um, uh, to be earned or to be, uh, to be doled out. But, uh, uh, it, you know, he's clearly, to me, uh, the, you know, it's a different gener- uh, direction rather that... Um, that uh, Jeff Jackson probably will be taking this team, and the fact that Ken Holland, who's a Hall of Fame general manager, and I say that because he's in the Hall of Fame, as we know, uh, hasn't you know been offered a contract extension at this point, and, and basically his successor or um, you know boss rather has been been named uh, Jeff Jackson being promoted or, or hired rather and, and, and promoted ahead of him um, doesn't spell good news for him um, in terms of being the general manager of this team past this season. He could stay on in an advisory role, and, and I think the, the team would be uh, great to have him in that role. But uh, it looks like the end is, is coming sooner than later for Ken Holland here with, uh, in Edmonton. Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic throwing men over 60 right overboard, as you just heard on Sports 1440 in the lowdown with low tide. I'm over 62, so waiting for that too, Daniel. Um, so last question. I loved your final question, and I, I know you would have thought about it a lot because you're a thoughtful guy. What's next for McDavid? Because at this point in a career – you really do have a player surrounded, except truly exceptional ones like McDavid. So what can't he do? I don't think he's going to hit 50 home runs, but beyond that, this guy really is something else, and who knows what he'll come up with this year. Yeah, I'm really intrigued to watch him. I mean, why not? Uh, but early in the preseason, as he kind of gets going, and, and early in the regular season, because you'll see something different about him fairly quickly. Like, you could tell... Last year, he was on a mission to score goals. Uh, I, I have that right. He had, I think he had a, a hat trick in the first game, or, or you know, very early on, and he was, you know, pumping them in early and, and often, and, and it basically was very consistent the whole year in terms of his uh, his, his goal scoring prowess. Um, I don't know what this guy can't do. Uh, I, I've been pretty steadfast in, in you know, uh, talking to you about it, Al, on the radio. Uh, you know, I think this guy's going to be an all-timer, uh, you know, a, a top five player of all time uh, when his career is over. So people will look at, you know, comparing him to, say, Sidney Crosby or, or guys like that. And, you know, Crosby's got, you know, won the Stanley Cup three times and the Consumite Trophy twice and, and all this. And it's just be, becoming harder and harder to win. I can't see Connor McDavid going through his, his whole career without winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah. But if, for some 
unthinkable reason that does happen, I don't hold that against him in any way. I mean, look what he's done the last two playoffs. And I know maybe last year's playoffs weren't as quite as strong as the one before. Uh, he, you know, had a couple of dips here and there. Um, you know, he still finished with 20 points in, in 12 games. And he was the guy that was really going uh, in, in those last, you know, three games, especially those last two games when they were really, the top six really struggled. Uh, against Vegas, and they, that's you know I think a big reason why they bowed out of that series at that particular time. Obviously, there are a lot of other things that went wrong, but um, yeah, Connor McDavid to me, easily the best player in the league, one of the best players of all time, and he keeps adding little layers to his game, um, kind of like Sidney Crosby, uh, to make him better and better. And uh, I don't know if this is going to be the best of, of Connor McDavid because we've seen a lot, but he's going to he's he's going to add something to his game that. Uh, will make him a, a different player and, and perhaps maybe even a little bit better too. We'll see. Daniel, we're thrilled to have you this year. Thank you and enjoy your day and enjoy this week. Much appreciated, Al. Look forward to chatting next week. All right. That's Daniel Nugent Bowman. By the way, he was right. They uh, had to 3-1-4 for McDavid on opening night against Vancouver. In his first 10 games last year, 11 goals, 22 points. Not bad. I mean, not bad. Outstanding. Okay. Steve Simmons on the way in hour number two. On the way, I'm, I'm going to look at NHL rumors. There are a few I want to get to, and some involve the Edmonton Oilers. On the way next, this is Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown, Sports 1440. ELO, great band. Do you have a favorite ELO song, or do you even know who they are? Uh, yeah, Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah, it's that one. That's why I played it. Oh, Mr. Blue Sky. It is Mr. Blue Sky. It was in a movie I really liked one time, and that's why... I, what was the movie? Uh, Role Models with Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd? Has he been in a bad movie? No, he is f- tremendous. He is. I, I'm not a Marvel fan, but I hear even Ant-Man was good. So he, he's, I mean, started with Clueless and just kept working his way up. Great actor. Yeah, he's... Uh, uh, um, I don't know if he's ever done anything... That I would find objectionable or well less than enjoyable. I will say this, and I might be bursting your bubble a little bit. His his first ever movie was Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael well, Myers. I had to do it. It's like yeah, you know. which I do own on DVD, by the way, which is why I know that. But just you know, I wanted to. I wanted this to be a factually correct segment. Well, and 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 thank you for that. I like the movie though, and for what it's worth. Just a very very funny guy. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at all of his movies. Yeah, it's great. Seeing which ones he, he he's just it feels like he's always in a movie that I enjoy, and maybe that's you know just that he picks the right roles or something. But I don't think so. I think another thing is he's so likable outside of his acting performances, ju- just in general, that you like the movies by default because he seems like such a good guy. Well, he does seem like not an ass. He that, does, and that's harder to do apparently in in the yeah. world, you know, of today. He's kind of like America's cool uncle. And Canada, by association. Yeah, I, I don't think of him as an uncle. Right. Well, for you, maybe like a nephew. Have you seen uh, This Is 40? Yeah, I love that movie. My God. Love that movie. That is a funny, funny movie. He's great. Yeah, he is. We should get him on. Sure. Okay. Call him. I'll text him. Probably go on and do that. What is it? What show does he go on? Is it? Is it... Um, 
He does one of the talk shows where he keeps he keeps playing a clip of Mac and me, and it's the it's Conan O'Brien. It's Conan O'Brien show, and every time he goes on, he fakes like he's going to show a clip of his new movie. And Conan keeps. I mean, at this point, obviously, it's a it's a bit. But, but he fell for it for years. Yeah, funny stuff. He really did. All right, NHL rumors. Paul Rudd apparently going to be on the show. That's the top rumor. Um, the Atlanta. Well, I don't know what the ownership would be, but the city of Atlanta apparently. The NHL is open to putting another team there. This is like Gary Bettman. And you know how when people get old, they just get determined to do one thing? Like my dad, when he reached a certain age, the two things he would do every day is put on another shirt. I don't know what it is about layering and old people, but I know I'm going to get there because I'm my father's son. So that's going to happen. And then he would find something that irritated him and... Like, he loved watching... Do you remember CMT, Country Music Television? I don't even know if it's still on. Oh, yeah. They used to always have the Reba McIntyre show on that well, one. Well, yeah, yeah. And I uh, love Reba McIntyre. Channel 18. Reba McIntyre is fantastic. No, I, I like her so much, I even liked that show, and the show wasn't that good, but I, it was Reba McIntyre. I listened to the, to the Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia once a day. Her cover, of course. Of course, because, you know, Vicki Lawrence. Yep. Like, you know who she is. Um <laughs> But he didn't like, there was a, there, I remember this well, he, there was a band called Alabama and they had like lots of hits and they were on all the time. And he became irrationally angry at a country music group called Alabama. And he'd get really mad. He'd go, oh, not the, those guys again. And that's sort of where I am with the Atlanta NHL franchise thing. Like, come on. This will be the third time. The Flames moved to Calgary. Thrashers moved to Winnipeg. I guess if Saskatoon wants a team. Would that be your pick for an expansion city? No, I think I think you got to put another team in Toronto. I know everybody's really? going to go nuts, but Toronto is like t- Toronto is is ob- so obsessed with hockey that they could put three teams yeah, in there. Yeah, they really they really could. I mean, Houston's another team that's been thrown out a bunch or yeah. another city, excuse me. Houston apparently is a party animal city. I've heard it's a great city. Yeah. Yep. And they love their sports down there. Well. Now I don't know how much they love NHL hockey, but but well, I know NHL players love Vegas, so if they could get another, you know, because these are young men with trillions of dollars, let's give them something to look forward to on their road trips. The other one that I wanted to talk about is the, and this is something you should be aware of as well, Colorado Avalanche are eyeing the goalie market. Adrian Dater mentioned uh, Flamesnet and under uh, Daniel Villar, Vladar. Uh, who they, they've got too many goalies down there. Not enough good ones, but they've got Markstrom, Vladar, and Dustin Wolf. Wolf is a really good, probably the top goaltending prospect in the National Hockey League. And he's, he's certainly spent enough time in the minors. So if they're looking to find room for him, Vladar to Colorado makes sense, unless you're Calgary and you don't want to play them in the playoffs with Vladar, and that could happen. But that's something to keep in mind. Um, Jaroslav Halak had been mentioned earlier connected to Colorado, and Casey DeSmith as well had been mentioned in regard to Colorado. Braden Shen has been named St. Louis Blues captain, and the rumor has it that the Edmonton Oilers roster is going to be out soon. Uh, one of the things that, that I'm, I'm always wondering about with the Edmonton Oilers is are they going to have, like, a surprise name on the list? Is there going to be a surprise scout or is there going to be a surprise guest coach or something along those lines? Because this is, or or really, I don't know how many people remember this, but um, 
at the time that he began to do the research and hang around the team for a book to write, Peter Zosky was very famous. And that became, and I think that was the 80-81 season. McCurdy's probably listening and will correct me if I'm wrong. But he followed the team around. And that became a story unto itself. And I wonder if there's any kind of special special that they're either going to film or maybe a writer's going to pop by or something along those lines where there's a, a, a celebrity note to the Oilers. And I'm always hoping that they do something with analytics. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Usually all these things gets announced, get, gets announced, get announced at a, at a, you know, at the beginning of things. And I think we're going to have an interesting couple of days with the Edmonton Oilers and, and what they're going to be bringing to camp. I think there's going to be more controversy. One of the, one of the areas that, that I wonder about is Ken Holland saying waivers. I don't think there's a waivers. I do think it's more likely there could be a trade like Dmitry Samarukov for a coast in a year ago. I think that's possible. I don't think by the time the Oilers would make a waiver claim, there's like 20 teams in front of them, more than 20 teams in front of them that would get the opportunity. Quebec City, guys. Okay. I'd be open to that. Quebec Nordiques were a wildly entertaining team and popular with their fans. And they hated the Habs. So I'm all in with Quebec City. Have you seen My Idiot Brother Tide? That one is hilarious. Yes, I have. There's one he's in, and I don't remember the name of it, but Jack Nicholson is his dad. Uh, it's How Do You Know with Reese Witherspoon and Owen Wilson. Yes. Yeah. And I, Reese I Witherspoon's one. in it. I don't really, I'm not a big Reese Witherspoon fan, oh, but I liked fantastic. her in that movie. Yeah, she's great. She plays his love interest. It was a great movie. You're ruining it. Now people know. Oh. Was that, I don't think that was a secret, though. I don't think that was like some big plot twist. Anyway, he's brilliant in it. He really is. Hi there, Joe from Edmonton. I've heard said that the commissioner does not want a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup, and that's why there's not been a Canadian team winning one in a long time. Could this be true? No. No, I, we have to stop with this. We, you know, we've gone too far with with. This is the reason it's happening because there's there's somebody walked in on Declan and put a chip in his head, and now he's smarter than he was, and he's going to take over the world, and he's a bad guy. Now, I secretly believe that, but I wouldn't say it out loud, or I wouldn't ask people to adopt that as a mantra, and you know, think ill of our friend Declan. You d- you don't have a ch- chip chip in your head, do you? No, no chip. It's all it's all me. It's all me up here. My brain is like a <laughs> is like a beehive, and every bee is buzzing all the time. <laughs> it's the full Monty of brain power. That's you. That's absolutely correct. Every bee that's buzzing in my brain has the brain of Einstein, and that's where I get all these uh these thoughts from. Yeah, it's busy up there. Einstein's dead. Our Idiot Brother is a very underrated Paul movie, Paul Rudd movie, yes. LT uh, is today Nolan Patrick's 25th birthday. His birthday wishes to have Matthias Janmark's cake and eat it too. I, he's, uh, the word I hear is that he's not going to play because he's not healthy enough to play. Love that you're back on the air, Tide. Huge fan of your work. Well, that's very kind. That's from Pinocchio. I like Pinocchio. Very nice place. One time, it was 1981... I was living in Wetaskiwin, but working in Red Deer, and I had to do the Saturday morning show, which meant I had to be at the radio station at 6.30, which meant I had to leave at 5.15 from Wetaskiwin. And I was driving a 1967 Plymouth 
There's nothing wrong with the vehicle, but there was something wrong with my vehicle. And going through Pinoca, my my muffler and everything up really to the straight pipe fell off. And it clunk, 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 went in the ditch. And because I was very young, I wasn't yet 20, I kept driving. And... <laughs> You know, you shouldn't do that because because it's dumb, but you're you're 19 and I'm driving in my Plymouth and now I'm making noise and it's like 5:30 in the morning and it's barely daylight. Daylight's just breaking. Cat Stevens is just waking up to sing Morning is Broken. And I'm I'm like and I'm making a lot of noise and in Pinoco when you're driving on 2A to 2, which is what I was doing highway-wise, and you, you make a lot of noise, chances are that Mr. Constable is going to hear it and he's going to pull you over. And that's exactly what happened. And so I'll never forget the conversation because like I, there I am sitting in my car with my jam, Bruce Springsteen at uh, the jam, Bruce Springsteen and whatever cassettes. And I've got this loud, loud car now that does not look like a hot rod in any way. And the police officer has pulled me over and he, he said, um, you are making a lot of noise, sir. And I said, yeah, my, and, and I was honest that at least I said, my muffler fell off. It's in the ditch about a mile back. And, uh, I thought he'd give me hell for that. Cause at the very least that's littering and it could have caused a fire. I am assuming being hot and all. Um, and he said, so, what are you going to do? I said, well, I plan to drive to Red Deer to my job, and then I, I plan to drive home after my show on the radio. And he said, well, here's what I want you to do. Drive to Red Deer. Don't make a lot of noise when you're in town in Red Deer. And then before you come back through Pinoca, I need to have your muffler fixed. And that's what I did. And I didn't get a fine. I didn't get any. But this was back in the olden days where, you know, they talk to you like you, they were your uncle, your Paul Rudd character that you mentioned earlier. I don't know if it would go the same now. I'm a lot older. I should know better. I shouldn't be driving a vehicle in that, you know, poor condition. I thought the sentence was going to end with I shouldn't be driving a vehicle, period. I was well, like, you're, thank well, you. you're not that old. You've been old. talking to my kids again. <laughs> no, I was like, you're not that old. You, know, you don't need to take it that far. Y- you are. You are. Not allowed to speak to any member of my family. Okay. Again, okay. that's Good. it. We're setting some ground rules. I like that. Well, I just, I need you to, to respect, uh, you know, if not authority, then me. Okay. I and can do that. You really thought I was going to say that or you're joking? I kind of thought the sentence was going to end there. And that's, I was going to jump into your defense and be like, that. I think that's ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but you were quick to jump on me and turn it around on well, me. Well, because I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm more relaxed than I have been on the show previously. That's why. Okay. So I'm, I'm digging in a little bit. I didn't realize how much I missed low tide mispronouncing player names until just now. It's true. It's a gift. It's a gift. What does Reba McIntyre and that song have to do with the Carol Burnett show? The night, the lights ran out in Georgia. That was Vicki Lawrence, who is also in Mama's family and is a wildly hilarious person. I believe she got an addition on the Carol Burnett show because be by imitating Carol Burnett at a talent show. I think that's right. I might be wrong, but yeah, Vicki Lawrence had a major hit with that song in 1973. 
And that's a wrap. Uh, 12.55 on the way. Steve Simmons, we're also going to have more of your text. Please text us at one 401 I didn't want to sound desperate. We've got lots of text, but text us with what you want to talk about. 833-401-1440. Uh, I enjoyed this hour of the show. I know I'm going to enjoy hour number two just as much. Uh, the low t- uh, lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. And we're on Sports 1440. It's time for an update.